0: Welcome to this edition of the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition podcast. My name is Dr. Kelly Tappenden. I'm Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition and Kraft Foods Human Nutrition Endowed Professor at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I'm very pleased to be here today with my guest, Dr. Gordon Jensen, who is Professor and Head of the Department of Nutritional Sciences at Pennsylvania State University. Dr. Jensen, thank you for speaking with us today about a series of reports published in the November 2013 issue of JPEN that review the proceedings from a malnutrition forum which convened June 24th and 25th, 2012 in Columbus, Ohio. By way of background, my understanding is that the forum sought to look at the current climate of healthcare care reform and articulate the impact of malnutrition within this environment, really assist healthcare care professionals in the optimal identification and care of malnourished patients, and then look at what best practices within the context of malnutrition um, should be so that they could be adopted in institutions. So with these goals in mind, we have a series of four papers by prominent authors within this area. And what I'm wondering is, by way of background, how were these work groups chosen, and what process was used for developing the associated content and recommendations that have now been published?
1: Well, the uh, participating faculty were really selected from uh, nutrition and healthcare experts across uh, North America. So they were folks known to bring experience, expertise, and knowledge in this arena represented a very you know a broad cross section of disciplines from you know healthcare economics folks to dietitians to nurses to physicians and and so forth and the end result of bringing this broad group of interdisciplinary experts together the topics the themes of the forum were uh, developed in a series of planning meetings and conference calls prior to the forum. You know, as you've alluded to already, the the goals and objectives of the forum were certainly quite lofty for a essentially a, a one day conference. But I think that the the end result would really be a snapshot, if you will, of it gives a fair and representative picture of where things were at that point in time last year in regard to malnutrition, whether it's the you know, changes in health care and associated economics, current thoughts about diagnosis of, of malnutrition and its screening and assessment, and then further developing the theme to include malnutrition in acute care and also post-acute care settings. So. You know, I, I wouldn't pretend for a moment that it, you know, in, encompasses uh, all aspects of the uh, themes that were developed, but I think I think it does provide a pretty current snapshot of just where we are with malnutrition in North America.
0: In the first paper, Dr. Rose and colleagues argued that hospital acquired conditions and premature hospital readmission are associated with malnutrition, and that these are missed opportunities for nutrition intervention. In your opinion, what do we as a discipline need to do to realize those reduced costs and improve outcomes that sound nutrition could provide? Where are we missing this opportunity?
1: well there there are certainly a, a host of opportunities for us to think about, and of course, you know, there are a number of issues to take into account when you, when you consider this. You know, and they include one that, you know, malnutrition is but one covariate that impacts upon many of the health care outcomes that are of great interest to us. And so, you know, we need to be cognizant of that, that we're really talking about multivariate outcomes, and malnutrition is certainly a key Player here. You know, this does ultimately also highlight the key priority for interdisciplinary intervention since malnutrition is one critical piece of a larger pie here. The other issue, of course, is, is that in acute care settings, we have relatively short durations of stay uh, in which to make a difference. And what that does is highlight the priority to intervene prior to hospitalization And, you know, if we're not able to do that, most certainly following uh, hospitalization, so in transitions to other care settings, you know, hopefully we'll have a chance to come back to that theme because I think that is a critical opportunity, sort of the post-discharge syndrome, if you will. But the key certainly is that malnutrition is associated with adverse outcomes, there certainly is compelling data to suggest that in certain scenarios that early and appropriate nutrition information intervention can result in more favorable outcomes with presumed uh, cost savings. Now, you know, when they've done surveys of awareness and diagnosis of significant malnutrition in uh, a variety of, of healthcare settings, the the truth is that you know our historic performance in North America and elsewhere has really been abysmal. You know uh, I would like to think that you know healthcare practitioners recognize malnourished individuals. They may not recognize the importance of documenting it, and of course following up on, with appropriate assessment and intervention. So you know perhaps the most key opportunity around this is going to be the need for ongoing Continuing education and intervention to promote awareness by allied healthcare practitioners of malnutrition and its recognition, and equally important, uh, what to do next. You know, what are the resources? What are the appropriate referrals? You know, I think we can make a very compelling case that much significant malnutrition is actually missed altogether in a variety of healthcare settings, and that there is certainly opportunity for not only appropriate intervention to improve outcomes, but associated cost savings. Now, of course, what we need are the very nice research studies and interventions to demonstrate that and to better demonstrate it.
0: Absolutely. So we need to educate those allied health professionals and non-nutrition experts for certain. But in the 15 months since the A&D Aspen characteristics for the identification and documentation of malnutrition in adults were published, what is your impression on how these new guidelines are now woven into the framework in which nutrition clinicians view malnutrition? Is there basic awareness that's widespread among dietitians, for example?
1: Well, I, you know, I think we have come a long ways, and we most certainly have a long ways to go. I think there is a general awareness that uh, folks are beginning to talk about a, a new approach to thinking about malnutrition, to understanding malnutrition. There's a, certainly a growing awareness of the proposed new diagnostic criteria that has, of course, not yet translated into widespread adoption and practice. The level of interest is tremendous. I must say, you know, every week I'm receiving, you know, multiple emails and inquiries from folks seeking information about this. You know, we recently completed a, a very preliminary uh, investigation not yet published in some teaching hospitals, just looking at uh, diagnosis using the new criteria, looking at the availability of the diagnostic criteria for hospitalized patients to use the new criteria. And, you know, it, it, in this particular preliminary analysis, most of the criteria that were needed were available and could be applied. But certainly to promote uh, more widespread adoption and use of the new criteria and diagnostic approach, it's going to take a sustained and ongoing educational effort that crosses disciplines and is heavily supported by the participating nutrition professional societies. You know, it is a work in progress. I think it's going to require continued testing and validation in a variety of care settings. I anticipate over the coming years that, We will continue to tweak this. We're going to find aspects of it that work quite well, aspects that may work less well. But I think in particular, the priority for moving ahead with this is that it is a tremendous opportunity to move the field of clinical nutrition and nutrition professionals forward because I envision it being the nutrition professionals as the ones who can really apply these criteria Uh, make the appropriate diagnosis, guide the interventions, and of course hopefully as we continue to gain experiences with this approach, we may even be able to secure improved reimbursement for uh, nutrition services.
0: Very exciting. Uh, The series of papers as well as this conversation with you really do point to a lot of opportunities for us as nutrition professionals in the future. I want to end our conversation, though, by talking about that needed education and teamwork across the healthcare disciplines and really address what some individuals who are trained and board-certified caring nutritionists, their reluctance to work in a team way because nutrition is their deal, it's their niche, and there's a certain threat that's being exposed by having expanded nursing roles and physician roles, routine in nutrition care. This is threatening to some individuals because they see this as their turf. What wisdom can you provide to encourage these individuals to the advantages of expanding that team approach?
1: Oh, right. Well, I have to say that this sort of siloed approach I find very disconcerting. Nutrition is an interdisciplinary science. As I alluded to previously, the outcomes we're interested, you know, whether it's length of hospital stay, wound healing, hospital readmission. These are multivariable outcomes of which nutrition is a very significant player, but far from the only player impacting upon those outcomes. And so a simple example would be, you know, we have a very depressed older woman living in her home in the community setting who's suffered significant weight loss. Well, you know, dropping off protein energy supplements at the front door has zero opportunity to have a favorable outcome unless you also have mental health, social service, appropriate nursing support, appropriate medical support. It is very much a team ball game. And I would really point, you know, let alone the hospital setting or even the chronic care setting, I think one of the most tremendous opportunities before us is post-acute care discharge, what some have called the, you know, post-hospital syndrome, if you will. This is an incredibly vulnerable period of time, places individuals at very high risk for early readmission. And certainly malnutrition, compromised intake subsequently, can be key factors in premature readmission. And there's going to be great interest in cost-effective and appropriate interdisciplinary care of individuals post-hospital discharge. And let alone, you know, worrying about protecting our nutrition silos I actually strongly advocate that we expand our nutrition silos. I look for nutrition professionals to learn additional exciting skills to support their activities. And, you know, a, a good example there would, in fact, be physical assessment, physical exam and diagnosis skills for dietitians. That sort of hands-on assessment and evaluation is very much part of the new paradigm of malnutrition assessment and diagnosis. So I actually see you know, expanded opportunities here for nutrition professionals. And it really is going to be about sharing our expertise and resources with the other disciplines to promote the best outcomes possible for our patients. So you know, I think it's a very exciting time. There are great opportunities before us. It's a time of change and health care. It's, it's certainly anxiety-provoking. But, you know, we, we are the nutrition professionals. We have special expertise and resources. And this is an opportunity for nutrition professionals to really perhaps the first time really become part of the interdisciplinary health care team.
0: Dr. Jensen, I couldn't agree more. Thank you for sharing your expertise today on this J-PEN podcast, but more so for for your leadership in helping redefine the way we think about malnutrition, we diagnose malnutrition, and looking to the future, the way we care for malnourished individuals.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much uh, for letting me share my observations.